0: How's everyone doing today? So good. Well, Anzac Day is tomorrow. And um, we're not celebrating war, but we honour the people that have served our country, who have looked out for us, who have been there and served when military leaders have wanted to take over the world and kill people. People have gone like Australians and have fought for freedom. And that's what we don't celebrate war. We honour People. So today as we do our Anzac Day part of our service, this is not a war honouring moment. And sometimes in church people think an Anzac Day thing is like we're on a war. We don't honour war, but we we honour people who have served our country and have fought for our freedom. And that's what we're honouring people today. So you can be seated. We stand here this morning on Gundagawa and Darug land. We acknowledge the traditional owners and recognise their connection to this land. We pay respect to them, past and present, elders past and present, and emerging. Before dawn on the 25th of April, 1915, the first soldiers of the Australian and New Zealand Army Corps landed on the shores of the Gallipoli Peninsula. The men were part of a British and French-led invasion. The Allies' mission was to destroy Turkish guns that were preventing naval ships from reaching and bombarding the Turkish capital, Constantinople. If they succeeded... Turkey might be forced out of the war and Germany would lose an important ally. Some 2,000 Australians were killed or wounded on the 25th of April. It was a day of confusion and fear. One soldier called it a day of sorrow. As he remembered the dead and the wounded, at Anzac Cove the Australians were the first to land. The New Zealanders followed later in the day. They advanced about one mile in some places, less in others, but they could go no further." For the next eight months, the campaign was a stalemate. In December, the Anzacs were evacuated. By then, about 8,700 Australians and almost 2,700 New Zealanders had been killed. They were some of at least 130,000 soldiers on both sides who lost their lives at Gallipoli. Anzac Day has been one of the most important dates on the Australian calendar since 1916. At first, it gave people a chance to honour the original Anzacs, the Australians and New Zealanders who fought at Gallipoli. Then it became a day for those who had served, not just in the First World War, but many wars after that. With Australians experiencing the Second World War and wars and conflicts, peacekeeping missions that have followed since World War I. Anzac Day has become an occasion to honour all who have worn our country's uniform in service. Today, we reflect on that service. We recognise more than 100,000 Australian servicemen and women who have lost their lives in military operations carried out in our country's name. We honour the values that have been invested in the original ANZACs. Loyalty, selflessness and courage. And the ways in which later generations have measured their own achievements against those of the soldiers who have fought at Gallipoli. Last year I shared a couple of stories about... My nana was one of those, I wear her medal today. And also shared about um, young Campbell, your guy called, I forgot his first name, but he, his memorials over in Blacksland. Well, today I've got another story to share with you, a little local story. And this one's from I Got Off My Dad. And I'm a brass bandy. I grew up in the brass band and I played cornet in the brass band. That's kind of how I learnt my music. And there's a story, I'm going to put 10 young men up on the screen. Lithgow City Band. 10 men enlisted from Lithgow City Band in 1915 and served in the 20th Battalion and they were stretcher bearers. So bandsmen weren't trained in military warfare, they weren't given a gun, they were given a badge that said SB, stretcher bearer. So they played in the band to boost morale, that was their job, but they were also stretcher bearers. Lithgow City Band had 10 of these young men who enlisted in 1915. They dealt with thousands of casualties, many with extreme wounds. The allied armies in World War I developed an elaborate system of battlefield evacuation and treatment. In the front line were the stretcher-bearers of the Australian Army Medical Corps or they're also known as battalion-bearers. Their job was to bring an incapacitated man back out of the battlefield, often under appalling conditions, to a regimental aid post or ambulance. Their men were classified according to their wounds and sent further on behind the lines. Survivors eventually reached casualty clearing stations located as close behind the lines as possible where doctors and nurses of the Australian Army Nursing Service attended to them and operated if necessary. So band members were never military trained. Their task was to boost morale by playing the music. But while their battalion was in battle, they were assigned as stretcher bearers. These ten young men from Lithgow, who were bandsmen, enlisted to see the world and joined the 20th Battalion, of the Australian Imperial Expedition Forces. Here is a photo, this next photo is the band at Liverpool Barracks in Sydney just before they went to France. All young men. Sadly, two of these young men, Jack McNeil and Shaw Wood, from the 20th Battalion Band and stretcher-bearers were killed on the 5th of May, 1916, and several others were badly wounded. Two of them are buried in Brewery Orchard Cemetery in bar Grenier, Armatoire in France. While this may be just one local story for many men and women who have served our great country today, we reflect on these young men from Lithgow. These young men are the reason we honour and take time to remember the sacrifice that they and so many others did so we can enjoy our freedom here today. The next picture I have is them playing in France while the battle had finished, just finished, and they walked through and played music to boost morale in France. So we honour them today. We don't honour war, but we honour the young men and women who have served our great, great country of Australia. So let's stand as we do the ode. They shall grow not, they shall grow not old, as we that are left grow old. Age shall not weary them, nor the years condemn. At the going down of the sun and in the morning, we will... Remember them, lest we forget. Lord Jesus, we thank you, Father, for the men and women who have sacrificed for our freedom here in Australia. We thank you, Father, that they, many of them lost their lives at a very young age. And we just thank you that we get to live in freedom today because of their sacrifice. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. We'll do a bit of a reset. Isn't Anzac Day a powerful day? A powerful day. I don't know why, but I just get emotional on Anzac Day. And You go to dawn services and you you think about what so many of those young men were going through when it was like an adventure. It was an unknown adventure and to sign up was like a holiday. We're going to see Europe. We're going to see the other side of the world. Little did they know what was on the other side of that. And that's why when you see stories about the young men and, and so many, it's so many thousands of stories of young men who enlisted, especially in the First World War, who had no idea what they were walking into. And um just gets me every time. So I apologize for a bit emotional on Anzac Day. I'm like, Tim, don't cry, don't cry. Come on, you're just doing the emotional the, the, the address, right? It's just an easy thing to do. Just can't help myself. An emotional brother. An emotional brother. Anyway. I have three minutes left is that right yeah. Tucker help me out bro 15 there we go 15 that's all I got I got I freaked out then I saw three minutes I'm like, right I'm just going to pray that's all I'm going to do well how do I lead out of Anzac Day well I kind of thought about linking it and it didn't really work out but I really felt like God put this word on my heart about seek first his kingdom seek first his kingdom and I'm just going to read Jesus' words right out of Matthew chapter 6. Without me putting any spin on it or any of my thoughts on seeking first his kingdom, let's read what Jesus said about it. Matthew 6 and verse 19. Do not store up your, for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But stir up for yourself, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Do not worry, therefore, I tell you. Do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body, what you wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air; they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much worth? Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, he will not much more clothe you or you, O you, of little faith. I love Jesus when he speaks, hey? So, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So, what Jesus is saying here is, Don't store up treasure here on earth. And this is like a, you know, complicated topic. If I said all your super and all your savings and all your assets, all your houses, you know, sell them, get rid of them, would that really worry you? And yes, we have security. I'm not talking about doing it. Just just listen to me for a second. But just think about if you lost it all, but you had a healthy family and you were healthy, would you be okay with that? And I believe what Jesus is saying here is don't chase after those things. Chase after His kingdom. He knows what you need. He's not going to let you go without food. He's not going to let you go without clothes. But chase His kingdom first. It's not His kingdom second and money, career and fame and all the stuff we aspire to in this life. That's not first. It's His kingdom first. And then all that stuff will be added later. You know, I was thinking about this and when you're in a coffin, this is going to get a bit, you know, a bit down for a minute. When you're in your coffin, what can you chuck in there with you? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's just you and a lid and that's it. I'm not trying to be morbid today, but I'm just trying to say we can't take any of it with us. So why do we labor and labor and chase after all this stuff here on earth? And Jesus is reminding us again, seek first my kingdom. Seek first my kingdom. Seek that first. You know, Instagram, it's a, it's a good one, right? If you're an influencer and, you know, you post stuff up and you get all these followers and you got the fame and you get the money, you get the, the advertising money when you advertise a, a watch or some shoes or I don't know. Um, me and Aaron Bunt played golf the other day so golf shoes or golf clubs or something you look at that and go that's a thousand dollar golf club I would love that but really would it when I got hold of it would it be any different than a ten dollar one maybe slightly a bit better and that's about it but we kind of go after things in life don't we and we like see it and Instagram is the worst because you see people's lives and you go that house looks amazing I want that house and you know what? When I've spoken to people who have big homes, I don't want it. It's too big to clean. It costs too much money to run. The electricity bills are through the roof. And so it's funny, isn't it? We aspire and we want, we want, we want. And then we get and realize it doesn't fulfill me at all. It really doesn't fulfill me. We could pay our mortgages off tomorrow and be like, yes, I've made it. That's what I aspired to in life was to be debt free. And then somehow that might still be, put a the void it wouldn't fill the void in our hearts still so what Jesus is saying is seek his kingdom it's not about being unwise on earth I'm not saying that I'm not saying about sell it all and get rid of it but it's the heart posture of where our heart is at don't store it here on earth store it in heaven Matthew 6 verse 19 21 the message don't hoard treasure down here where it gets eaten by moss and corroded by rust or worse stolen by burglars Stockpile treasure in heaven where it's safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is where you want to be. The place where your treasure is where you want to be, right? And I think, look at, I look at Instagram sometimes and I deleted it the other day because I found out there's an app now that you can change your face, right? So you can take a photo of yourself and like, I noticed the other day, we used to have this saying that Camby's going to be round in the face, <laughs> and uh, a few too many muffins or something. I don't know. But you can you can like shave it down. You can make your bones come out nice. There's an app for that. And so we look at Instagram and like, oh, look at that person. That looks so good. Yet it's done in an app. Hello, people. And that's like I'm not having to go at anyone because I've fallen for it and I've been through it and flicking through it and gone, that house looks amazing. I want that house. And then reminded again, do I really... If I got it, it's like, would it would it be cool? Would I would I fill my void? No, probably not. One of my dreams is to own a Mustang. If anyone wants to buy me one, you can. And I'll promise that I'll put my heart first. And not kidding. But it's to own a Mustang, a Ford Mustang. I just always wanted one. V8, manual, um, the newer type ones that are done up. That's what I've wanted. And then I literally thought the other day where I would put it. My truck lives in the front yard. I've got nowhere to put it. I've got no garage to put it in. Where am I going to put it? And someone could just come and nick it anyway. And so it wouldn't fulfill the void. It might be fun. And one day I would like one. If I get it, it's cool. If I don't, I'm at a place now it's okay. Okay if I don't get one. But Jesus is saying here, make sure that what we what we store up is in, in heaven, not here on earth. Don't download that Face app. It's evil. (laughs) But greed and comparison destroys the soul. It really does. It really does destroy the soul. You know, money isn't bad. God sends us provision, right? He makes a way for us to earn a living and He makes us. He gives us opportunity to earn money. So money isn't bad. It's needed. We need it to buy things. I'm not talking about selling everything and having no money and living on the street. That's not what I'm talking about. But God provides that. And so what we need to learn is not to worship the provision, but to worship the one who gave the provision. That's the difference. So don't worship the 50s, the pineapples and the greenbacks. You know, don't worship them worship the provider and he provides that for you he provides it for you do not worry he goes on in verse 25 what are you worried about god provides food for the birds but guess what the birds have to do they still have to search for it right and that's why I'm, that's why when we work and it's good to have good work ethic but he provides an opportunity for us to get income and so when we put our hearts right towards him just be reminded that money isn't bad but it's him who provides it's him who gives opportunity and like the birds in the air he provides it like I looked at a bird the other day out in my veranda and it was fluttering along and it did a little poo on my veranda I was like thank you bird and then it flew off and just lived life and and did its thing and then it hunted for food and and all that, and I thought, God, you care for that bird and you provide food for that. And sometimes here on earth we worry too much. Oh, what am I gonna clothe? What am I gonna put clothes on? I need to get better clothes. I need to get better, f- I need to eat better, or I need to spend way more much money on something else. Or and we worry so much and we think about tomorrow. And Jesus is like, Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about it. It's cool. It's cool. Tomorrow is tomorrow. Just worry about today. And I'm gonna in a moment share how, how uh, Jesus taught us how to pray and how not to worry. He looks after the birds. So guess what? He's going to look after you. He's going to look after you. Next time you see a bird flying, go, ah, oh, God, you provided for that bird. And so you provide for me. And i just got to trust you and seek after you. Earning a million bucks a year isn't going to fulfill nothing inside of you. Nothing. Winning the lotto will never, never, ever satisfy you. You might have a cool holiday and buy a cool car, buy a bigger house, but it's never going to satisfy you deep down. And I love the story from the stories from the 180 TC boys. You guys are awesome and amazing. I love how God transforms lives and turns people around. 180, does a full 180 and puts them back on track. I love that. But it's reminded again that when you're sitting there with nothing, you're reminded that He's the only one you really need. And in heaven, That's our treasure right there is our relationship with Him. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. So it's a good reminder in this day and age when things are thrown at us on social media, on TV, advertisements. Look at that car. Look at that house. And then the fear of interest rates going up. And He's saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I got you. And that's why sometimes I, I've worked for the news. I know how they work. I turn it off because it's, so, it's full of fear. It's full of like, oh, my gosh, we're heading interest rate rises. Oh, my gosh, we're going to this. Oh, my gosh, look out. It's been the worst ever. No, one, no this generation's never experienced it. It's like, please, you use the same line for everything. And we, we kind of like suck it in like sheep and go, oh, my gosh. Oh, no, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm full of fear. And Jesus is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I've got it. I've got it. Yeah. I've got it. And then this is how Jesus told us how to pray. You find a spot? I'll, I, actually, I actually wish I wrote the first bit of that down, but he, t- he says, do not pray like the people out on the synagogues who go out on the street and make noise. <laughs> Jesus said that. Don't be like those people that make a show and dance about it. Find a secluded place. That's what Jesus said. Find a secluded place. So we can pray in church. We can pray in the streets. We can pray in prayer meetings. But Jesus said the most important way to pray is to find a secluded place. And in Matthew 6 verse 9, it says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Number one, we worship him. That's what we do first. We worship him first. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the assurance that God will fulfill His covenant promises to his people. So we're assured. So we start off by worshiping him. And then he assures us. So good, right? Is this helping someone? I know for me, when that secluded place, when, when you worship him, you go, Father, I need you more than anything. And then he says, your kingdom come, you'll be done on earth as it is in heaven. So his promises are there. His covenant promises are there for you and I in that moment. Can you feel the, can you feel the worry start to kind of come off you? Give us today our daily bread. What we actually need today that he will provide for us. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, Our sins. As we' also have forgiven our debtors. He reminds us to forgive others, because he's forgiven us. You know that's where you find true peace, When you're not holding grudges, we're not holding old stuff, but we forgive people, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So Father, help me not to be tempted. Help me not to be tempted to go down a track that's going to destroy my life. Lord, help me not to be tempted to look at money as my god lord help me not to be tempted in whatever makes you tempted that's what we actually have to pray to god is actually help me father lead me not into temptation not just wandering through life going oh, i hope i don't get tempted actually pray to god help me help me by your holy spirit help me lead me not into temptation i don't and it could be you know temptation we always think of the big sins right but you know that worry is a sin So the person that's had an affair or the person that's murdered someone, God sees worry as exactly the same. And yes, there's consequences, absolutely. But God sees it the same. So don't worry. He's trying to tell us here, don't worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. Lead us not into temptation, Father. Help me not to worry. Help me not to stress. Help me not to look at Instagram and have greed and comparison. Lord, help me not to get down that track. Help me to be satisfied with where I am right now, who I am, where I am, my family, without all the stuff. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. So my encouragement to you today is find that secluded place. I spoke at Creative last month about finding the garden. Has anyone got a nice garden spot, like a little bench out in the garden they go to and pray or sit to that's actually like biblical jesus had a garden so we should have a garden bench or a secluded place where we go and we spend time with him and we pray this prayer you might not read out the lord's prayer every time but that's what we do god i worship you god i thank you for your assurance thank you that i'm set free god thank you that you're giving me three meals today in jesus name Thank you that you've forgiven my sin. Help me to forgive others. And Lord, help me not to be tempted today. Help me to keep my eyes set on you. And the start of Matthew, when we read that, Jesus said, when our eyes are not on him, that's how darkness enters in. That's how darkness gets in. When our eyes aren't set on him, darkness will enter into our life. So let's pray. Let's pray today. Why don't we stand? as the team come up. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God, for your grace. We're imperfect people. But Lord, we thank you, Father, that you're teaching us how to keep our eyes on you. And so today, God, as we look to you and keep our eyes, that we would seek your kingdom and your kingdom only. Not hear what's on earth and all the material stuff. But Father, our eyes would be set on you we thank you for your forgiveness we thank you for the assurance God of what you've promised, to, promised us we thank you that you've forgiven us and Lord help us not to be tempted help, help us to not open our eyes to dark, darkness in Jesus name thank you Father thank you Jesus we worship you today thank you God come on let's sing this morning